listening to a message from Ogden Church, a gospel-centered ministry for all people. We hope during the next few minutes you gain a better understanding of God's love expressed in the person of Jesus Christ. What a beautiful day we're having. Is it not gorgeous outside? It is awesome. Welcome to church. We're so glad that you chose to join us this Sunday. There's a little bit of uh, less tension in the air. There's some, some missing parts of our church. The children are in the children's ministry, so we are thankful for that. And there's parents that are like, wow, I can listen and pay attention. It's exciting. So good. We're so thankful to all of our children's ministry volunteers and people that help make those things happen for the early childhood and elementary and middle school. Those things are all a huge gift to us. We've been talking about the church's mission and vision. We've been talking about grace, growth, and gifts. This is the third week. The first week we talked about grace. The second week we talked about growth. And this week... We're going to talk about gifts, what it means to use our gifts and offer our gifts back to God. But it all leads back to this statement. Ogden Church is a worshiping community seeking to glorify God and to develop people into fully devoted followers of Christ. Glorify God and develop people into fully devoted followers of Christ. We're going to be in Romans chapter 12 today, but we're going to talk about what it means to be a gift, to give a gift. We know sort of politely in our culture, if somebody has you over to their home for a meal and it's a little bit more of a formal occasion, you'll bring a gift to offer something to someone who's giving something to you. It's like, hey, well, we should bring a gift with us. Let's make sure we have something to give them. We, we give something back when we receive something. You know, my, my son and I were waiting in line. We were in Ann Arbor, and we were going to get an autograph from Denard Robinson. If you don't know who that is, he is uh, the person that made Michigan football bearable to watch for a few years. And so I, I love this guy. So we were going to see Denard, bring our son there to get an autograph. We waited in line for about an hour. We get up there, and Denard is like, hey, buddy to my son and my son takes uh, 52 cents in change and just puts it in Denard's hand. <laughs> so there you go, 52 cents, Denard. And he was cool. He was like, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take 50. That sounds great. Denard handled it well. But my, even instinctually, my son was like, hey, let me give you something. I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give back to you, even though we were there to, to get something. You know, when it comes to our lives before God, everything that we have is, it's his. God, if you believe that there's a God, created everything. He created you. He knows you. He made you for a purpose. And everything we have belongs to him. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. 
Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We could spend the rest of the service just talking about these two verses. There is a ton here, but I want to hone in on that first verse. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, because of God's great mercy, because of what he's done for you and for me, he says, offer your bodies as a sacrifice. Give him, there's, there's nothing else that we can give to God other than saying, God, I'm all yours, I'm all in. This is what he does for us first on the cross. Jesus dies, gives all of himself. So we say, because of your mercy, God, I'm going to give you everything. All of me. I'm not going to hold back. Everything we have belongs to God first. Everything we have belongs to God. And then the next few verses, he talks about three things. Because everything we have belongs to God says we can live humbly, we celebrate the differences we have from one another, and we can find real purpose, meaning in our lives. We live humbly, celebrate diversity and difference, and find real purpose. Verse 3, it talks about living humbly, which is a problem in our culture. We, we get very excited and pumped up about ourselves, and we think how great we are. And this is not the picture that Scripture paints. Verse 3, for by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to you. Think of yourself with sober judgment. Think accurately of yourself. It's not saying, well, beat yourself up or say, well, oh, I'm the worst person who's ever lived. We're just, we're supposed to think accurately of ourselves. My family's watched American Idol. I don't know if anybody's seen this show. People come to this show to audition, and they're with their grandmother, and they say, you, my grandson has the greatest voice of all the voices that have ever been heard. And they stand up in front of these judges, and they say, you really need to find something else to do with your life. You know, because they're not very good singers. They think they're good, and so they're not thinking soberly about themselves. They think, hey, I got this. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to be famous. You know there are things that you're passionate about, and there's things that you're gifted at. And if those are not the same thing, if you're passionate about something but you're not gifted at, at it, it's a hobby. You enjoy doing those things by yourself, alone. <laughs> what we're looking for is passion and giftedness coming together. These are things that we do, and other people can affirm, you know what, I see that in you, you're, you're good at that. We got to live humbly. But what happens often in the church, honestly, is there's a very small percentage of people that are like, well, I, I can solve all the problems. You got light bulbs? I'm going to change those light bulbs. I'll paint the walls. I'm going to fix a marriage. You know, they think they're going to do everything. And then there's a small percentage of people running around doing everything. And then there's a whole group of other people sort of standing at the edge of the diving board. You ever seen this? When a kid goes up at the edge of the diving board and it takes like, okay, one, two, three. Nope, they didn't do it. One, two, three, go. And then they're afraid to jump in because they're afraid to lose control. 
And what ends up happening is a smaller group of people end up having to just step in and, and feel like, oh, God, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to do everything. When, when we're able to say, I can give back to God because he's given me everything, we can say, look, I play a part. And it's not to think poorly of yourself. C.S. Lewis said, humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Not focusing on you. Not trying to say, well, I, I'm the answer to all the problems, but God did make me for a purpose. How can I contribute? But when we're the only voice that's heard, it doesn't, it doesn't sound so good. You know, when I was in third grade, there were some people in the first service. I said I was 11 years old in the third grade, and they said, well, that's a problem because then you failed like three grades. And so I was eight. Okay, so nobody get distracted by that. Apparently it was weird in the first service. I'm, I'm in third grade, and my, we, we had a choir in my school, and we sang together, and our choir was amazing. It sounded great. We were killing it. Everybody was coming around. The grandparents are like, oh, these kids sound amazing. My teacher was like, you guys sound so good. I'm going to bring in a tape recorder. For those of you that don't know what this is, this is when you take a, a tape and you put it in and then you push the two buttons, right? You push the two buttons down and then you're ready to record the, the beautiful noises that are going to come out. And I'm thinking to myself, this is my time. Eight-year-old Brandon is like, this is it. I'm going to sing my heart out and everybody's going to know. Everybody's going to know how, what a wonderful singer I am, right? You could probably tell where this is going. And so we, we get together, and she's like, okay, class, let's sing. And so I start singing super loud. And I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm doing my thing. And then we get done, and the teacher's going to play the tape back for the class. And, and she plays the tape back, and there's a singular voice that can be heard. And it doesn't sound good. It's not a good thing. And in fact, this, this story gets so crazy because the teacher just stops the tape and she's like, listen, everybody, Brandon actually has a good voice. He tried really hard. Like she's apologizing to the class for how intensely loud I was singing. I was peeking out all of the microphone. It's like going horribly. This is not how a choir is supposed to sound. But in that moment, I was thinking, like, look, I need to be the one to shine. And it kept us from being able to sound beautiful together as a group. We need to find ourselves in a place where we can soberly look back on ourselves and say, what are the gifts that God's given me? How can I contribute? Step toward being a gift as God has gifted me. Because all that I have was his first. The first thing we do is we, we live humbly. And then we can celebrate differences. In the next couple of verses, we see that this is written. This is how he continues his argument. He's like, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. Then he says this. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we though many form one body. And each member belongs to all the other members. The hand's not the foot. The foot isn't the ear. The ear isn't the eye. We all have different functions and a purpose in the body. But they all affect each other. We were at... Uh, 
an event yesterday where there was a cow and, and we were pushing this cow around. This is my life, I guess. So this, uh, we were at, there was uh, an 800-pound cow that we were trying to push. And there were some college students there and one of them plays football. And the cow, this 800-pound cow, stepped on this guy's toe. And I was like, hey, how you feeling? And he's like, whoa, I'm not feeling very good. He's not, he's not able to, even though your big toe is a really small part of your body, when it gets stepped on by an 800-pound cow, you know what's happening, and you feel that. He's okay, he's okay. I know you guys are concerned. He's fine. No, no toes were amputated or anything. He made it. But every part of the body matters. But yet we look at other people and we want everybody, we, we internally think, man, it'd be great if it were a bunch of thumbs around here. I'm a thumb and I think like a thumb and yeah, I do thumb things and everybody needs to act like I act. Wouldn't the world be a better place if everybody thought the way I think? But the differences that God gives us in this world, in this church, they're a gift to us. Because you have blind spots, and so do I. And when we come together, we can say, look, I'm the ear and you're the eye. We need both parts to be able to function completely and fully. Recently on staff, we took a personality test with some of the staff members called the Enneagram, and we read a book together, and we were going through this personality test, and surprise, we're different from each other. Like, I'm a weirdly positive person. I'd like, I'd be like, you know what? If, if part of the building's on fire, we got most of it left. It will be, we'll be okay. You know, and that's a, that's a problem. That could be an issue when you're ignoring problems. And then there's other people on staff that the only thing they see is the one thing that's wrong. You can have 99% right. And they're like, well, hey, did you notice, did you notice over there? Like the people who came up to me after the first service are like, you're not 11 years old in the third grade unless you're dumb. I was like, although two things can be true at one time, okay? I wasn't 11 in the third grade and not the smartest guy, okay? I get But we're all different from each other and we need each other's perspectives. Just because I'm able to be like, hey, let's go, let's be positive, that, that doesn't mean I'm allowed to or should ignore issues. And the friction comes when we look at somebody else and, and they see something differently than we do. And then we think they're wrong because they said something different than the way we think we see things. We need to celebrate these differences. We need these differences. The church is supposed to be like a body where we encourage different people with different perspectives to come to the table and use their gifts. We can live humbly and we can celebrate difference. And then we can find real lasting purpose and meaning in our lives. In the final few verses... He talks about gifts in this way. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to give encouragement, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. You see, everybody has passions, things that they're 
interested in and naturally good at. But what he's talking about here are spiritual gifts, which means when we surrender our lives to Christ, God indwells us, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, and he gives us gifts that we're supposed to use for the benefit of the body of believers so that people come together and we can say, God has gifted me so that I can be a blessing to those around me because the gifts that you have are different than the gifts that I have. And we need each other to be able to love the people around us. You know, I, I knew growing up that when my friends were going through a difficult time, like in middle school and high school even, they would be going through a breakup or something stressful. They'd call me and, and I enjoyed being a part of caring for them and coming alongside of them in their pain. We had, we'd have a group project and I'd be okay with being the one who would share in front of the class which maybe doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Did you know the number one fear that people have in the country is public speaking? The number two fear is death. So Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld says that if most people have to be at a funeral, that means they'd rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy. <laughs> it's like, if you're cool with being up in front, then God can use that in some different ways. I knew, like, how has God gifted me to care for the people around me? How has God gifted you? And this is actually such an amazing truth because I know people are in this room where their parents or their teachers or their coaches looked at them and they didn't encourage them. And they said, you know what? I don't know if I see that much giftedness in you. They kind of held them down. They said negative things maybe to them. But we need to remember that God has created each and every one of us for his purpose. And when we find that sweet spot, where we're passionate and gifted and we say, God, I'm going to serve where you're asking me to serve. All of a sudden, something incredible happens where we're able to, as a church, do incredible things that we were never able to do before because we're functioning as a diverse, purposeful people of God to bring his incredible glory around the world. You know, I don't... I don't know about you, but I love uh, Chick-fil-A. Anybody else love Chick-fil-A? This place is amazing, right? It's incredible. I will drive 30 minutes for no reason across the border into Ohio, which I don't like as much. I'll go there just to go to Chick-fil-A. And you walk in, and the place is clean, and it's beautiful. It's awesome. And somebody's like, welcome to Chick-fil-A. It's my pleasure to help you. My pleasure. My pleasure. My pleasure. Right? They keep saying it. And you're like, That's, I feel like it is. And I'm glad to be here. So then you go there. It's clean. They're so nice. The staff is so nice. And then you get the chicken nuggets. They're awesome. They're so good. And then they have the Chick-fil-A sauce. It's so good that it's their own. It's not sweet and sour like every place says Chick-fil-A sauce. It's ours. We made it. <laughs> you have this whole experience. It's amazing. And it's not any one thing. Lots of places have chicken nuggets, right? But everything put together makes this in incredible experience for everybody who walks in. You see, I, I think... 
the way this relates to us is that we all have a part to play. And wouldn't it be incredible if I'm driving 30 minutes to Ohio for chicken nuggets, what, what would it look like if people, when they walk out of here, they're like, man, that place was, that place was special. I felt the presence of God there, the love of God. I'm, I'm so loved by him. People that say, uh, he's given me everything, so I offer him everything. And, and I can live humbly and say, I know I, know I have a part to play. Now, I could celebrate other people's gifts, not just my own. We're all different. We're all thankful for each other. And finding real pr- purpose and meaning in our lives to say, God, that, you know what, this is, this is what matters. I love that song, Lean Back. It's, it's an incredible song. I love how it starts. It says, you will never leave. You know what, you're... You're going to do a lot of things in life. You might get married, you might find a great job, you might buy a house. Everything is going to leave you. Everything. Except God. You will never leave, and that is our hope. Amen. So, so if, you're, if you're in a place where you say, Hey, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I'm supposed to give or serve or be a part of things around here. And maybe you've been checking things out for a little while. Why do we do it? Look back at verse 1. And we're reminded where he says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer everything. Because he held nothing back from us. On the cross, his very son sacrificed to wash us clean. We come to him and we say, God, I'm going to give you everything I have because you gave everything for me. You know, and, and instead of standing at the edge of the diving board, being like, oh, I feel out of control. I don't know if I'm good enough. We're like, God, I, I know what you did for me, so I'm going to jump in. You know how they used to teach little kids how to swim? I, I thought about showing a video of this, but it felt weird to me. <laughs> they take six-month-old children that cannot walk, and they throw them into the pool by themselves. And they say, oh, hope you make it. And somehow they figure it out. This is what everybody used to do. Nobody talks about this anymore. People are worried. Child Protective Services can come by. But that's, that's how you get in. What I love about, and, and I watch some of these videos, it's crazy. It's babies. Like, they just figure it out. They're, they're figuring out how to swim. The way to do it is to jump in. It doesn't matter how long you've been around, how much you think you have figured out or don't have figured out. There's a place that you can be a part of God's body, Amen. the church. We have a ton of needs. And... In early childhood, elementary, ministry, middle school, high school, life groups, life group leaders, greeters. We have tons of opportunities for people to serve. And I would just encourage you, jump in. Find a place. This is how we learn to swim. This is how we say, God, everything I have is yours. I'm going to live humbly. I'm going to look at myself soberly and say, you know what, you're... You know better than I do, God. Help me find a spot. 
Help me find a spot to serve. We're going to celebrate differences and diversity in gifts and perspective. We're going to find real purpose and meaning. Because the only thing that matters, the only thing that will never leave you and me, is the mercy of God given to us through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Let's pray, and then we'll close. God, thank you so much for your word, for a chance to look back at grace, growth, and gifts, and, and how you call us to, to pursue you and be a part of your body. I pray that we would look humbly at ourselves, that we would be willing to soberly evaluate and that we would be willing to jump in and serve. May your spirit be guiding us so that this place may become more beautiful for the glory of your name. And may people feel your love when they're around us and when they worship with us in this building. We love you, God. To your name be all the glory and praise and honor forever. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from Ogden Church. We would love to have you join us on Sunday mornings at 9 or 10.30 a.m. If you would like any more information, you can find us on Facebook or at ogdenchurch.org. 